When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. you figured it out (laughs) (laughs) so we will start off with our first segment let me tell you a story the ancient one did tell me a story i think you guys would want to hear about master splinter's master hamato yoshi well let's hear it yeah we're throwing a wrench in this one i'm going first Uh, i did issue three all hallows thieves Uh, this was published in october of 87 it's a halloween special which is always a good story uh, prologue two men the king of thieves and his assistant haji fly into new york talking about an idol that's been spotted at the second time around haji asks if they're going to buy the idol but the king of thieves says that the idol must be stolen the king of thieves visits the second time around looking for something for his mantle april shows him a statue that's priced to move but he says that he's forgotten his wallet and leaves that evening as the turtles are upstairs carving jack-o'-lanterns the store alarm goes off the turtles assume that Clonk has set off the alarm, and one of the turtles goes down to investigate. The place is being robbed by three dudes in Halloween masks, and the turtle fights them. He manages to incapacitate one of the robbers, but gets caught under a falling bookshelf, and the other two get away. The turtle interrogates the crook who was left behind, who reveals he's working for a man at the Blue Star Hotel before choking and dying. The two crooks who got away meet up with the king of thieves and give him the statue revealed to be the thieving god idol before they also choke to death. The king of thieves says that he gave them a slow acting poison so that there weren't any witnesses. The turtles scope out the blue star hotel and barge into a room where the king of thieves is speaking an incantation to the thieving god idol. He summons a horde of flying goblins that distract the turtles while he escapes to the streets. Out on the streets, the goblins are causing mayhem and stealing valuables from citizens. The turtles spot the king of thieves. He uses another spell to turn the thieving god idol into a giant six-armed monster. The turtles fight the monster, who is easily winning this fight. Uh, One of the turtles notices that the idol seems to want their equipment. It's already taken Raph's belt and several weapons in the fight. Uh, The turtles lure it onto a rooftop, where they set their weapons near the edge as a trap. As the idol goes to grab the weapons, the turtles spring forth, kick it in the back, and the idol flies off the roof, busts through the pavement below, and hits a power line, which blows it up. The goblins are fading away, and a TMNT spot the King of Thieves and Haji fleeing the scene. Donatello throws his bow staff in a way that somehow trips both of them from like 90 yards away. Uh, Then the cops come and arrest the King of Thieves and Haji, and tell the turtles to enjoy the rest of their trick-or-treating. The end. I am going to be going next, and I'm doing number five, Complete Carnage and Radical. Let me tell you a story. 
So this is actually not the first appearance of Radical and Complete Carnage, her Carnage. Uh, their first original appearance is something that was printed in the back of issue three. Uh, when they reprinted a bunch of the old comic books, they put new mini stories in the back of the issue so that people who were buying it, again, you know, had a reason to. Uh, they had a little extra story for having bought it. And that story is called Complete Carnage and Radical instead of Complete Carnage and Radical. So, you know, that's A-N apostrophe for the first one. What's instead weird though, Spencer, uh -huh. is, what's weird is that this story came out in May of 88, uh -huh. but the reprint of issue three was in November of 88. Really? So, the turtle, so Raphael and Casey met them first, but it was published later. Really strange. Because well, yeah, they had to have written it first because like Raphael references having seen Radical before. Unless... I know. I don't, I don't know if there was a delay in the, the reprinting or what happened, but yeah, it's, it's printed out of order for some reason. Huh. I missed that. So maybe this is the very first appearance then. But in that story, essentially, Casey Jones and Raphael are hanging out, and then Radical and Complete Carnage end up fighting each other. Uh, you know, and they see it, and she throws Carnage really far away. And it's just kind of a funny, silly little parody of a superhero story. And you can now read that in uh, the Ultimate Collection number six, is where that's currently been printed, that little mini story with a bunch of others. So this issue opens up. We first see Carnage staring down at the city of New York from the top of a building. And we, he's thinking back on things, and so we learn his origin. He was a construction worker trying to get the last bit of his job done as a storm rolled in. He got struck by lightning and was mutated into an evil, powerful being. At the same time, a girl in the park is struck by lightning as well, and she becomes radical and is like liquid energy. Uh, he recalls his past fights with her and the most recent fight in which she throws him all the way to the North Pole, but he doesn't make it to the North Pole. On his way, he stops short when he crashes into a jet and ends up landing in the middle of a cult of Eastern religion. They, I guess, are a cult that believes in a lot of Eastern thought and no martial arts. They see him as a prophet and they teach him martial arts and then he ends up learning that he can absorb power during all this from man-made structures, and he can also move through them. So he's now back in New York to absorb a bunch of power and kill Radical. The Turtles are riding with April in her van when they see the fight break out between the two. Radical is losing, so they want to help out, but they can't be seen, so they opt to hit Carnage with the van. Despite their assistance, Carnage overpowers Radical and carries her off. Our heroes take pursuit. Radical comes to, tied up under a cement mixer. Carnage plans to put her in a block of cement to see if he can absorb her power that way. The intrepid Terrapins, known as the TMNT, show up just in time to save her from her doom. A new bout begins between the fated enemies, but this time the Reptilian Ronin are ready to fight. Nonetheless, our brave heroes will struggle to put a stop to their powerful foe. But the hyper-heroine gets the upper hand, or should I say the right hand, by ripping off the stony supervillain's arm. She takes off to Central Park and slows and throws the arm into the bushes, hides it away. Carnage gives chase and the turtles follow. Without any man-made structures to help, the sinister speedo-clad sapien is blown to bits by Radical's amazing particle beam. 
but tragically, neither villain or hero are left to be found. All that remains are the cement chips that were once the body of the dastardly villain. Wisely, our heroes in a half shell ship the bits across the country by mail because they don't know if he'll regenerate or not. However, we end up seeing at the very end the turtles overlooked a leftover living limb that is determined to rejoin with the rest of its body. And that ends that story. I didn't know you were going to go into like a whole news clipping. I, I just, <laughs> I was just writing it and like the story just gives me such Silver Age vibes. That was, that was that, good. That, that was I good. I had to tell yeah. it in a way that would, you know, just, you know, make Stan Lee green with envy if he were. No, oh, man, that was, that or was really good. Happy. <laughs> that made me, a, that made me a true believer. Yeah. That sounded like a trailer for a black and white film. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I was, I was, when I was typing up this thing, I kind of got bored and I just, uh, I went ham. <laughs> no, it's good. That was good. Awesome. Much better than mine, but let me tell you a story. We're going to talk about issue number six of Tales of the TMNT, Leatherhead, originally published in 1988 in August. Uh, pencils by Jim Lawson, inks by Ryan Brown, letters by Steve Levine, and the frontispiece by Ryan Brown and Eric Talbot. Our story opens up in Africa. A big game hunter named Mr. Marlin has killed the last Madagascan blue elephant. As he gets bored with hunting this usual big game, he decides he's going to hunt something more exotic and unfolds a clipping of a uh, of news reportings of a huge alligator in the sewers of New York. He hops in, an in a helicopter <laughs> and flies directly to New York. As the helicopter takes off, we see a shady individual grasping the article that was left on the ground and vowing that he's not going to fail to catch Mr. Marlin. We cut over to New York where the turtles are battling the foot clan. The clan immediately, uh, gets overpowered and decides to retreat and the turtles decide they're going to head home. Uh, but they are soon spied upon by two very large eyes when they get to the sewer. Mr. Marlin has arrived in New York city and the hunter and his two lackeys make their way into the sewer after the turtles are already in there. Uh, they confront each other on a kind of an L shape uh, pipe duct and the turtles are then shot at by Mr. Marlin, who just assumes that this is what those clippings were talking about, not realizing that these are turtles have who have shells <laughs> and aren't a giant alligator. As the turtles uh, escape, they run into the Foot Clan on the other on the other uh, side of the pipe. The turtles then escape from there where they run into a giant alligator man and Mr. Uh, Marlin is grabbed by Leatherhead and uh, tossed aside. Leatherhead explains that he is an experiment for, uh, by the Utroms who took them into their lab, accidentally exposed them to uh, the mutagen and are basically responsible for them. He's trying to get in contact with them. He hasn't seen or heard from them in years and is trying to get, uh, trying to build a new deep space communicator to uh, get in contact with them. The, they decide to go visit the old TCRA building that was destroyed back in issue number seven of Ninja Turtles. Uh, and then as they go look into the uh, wreckage, they Mr. Marlin confronts them again. And as he tries to shoot them, uh, the 
<laughs> the shady man back from back in Africa throws a knife specifically in the tendon of Mr. Marlin's hand that helps him shoot. As Mr. Marlin realizes that he can't shoot anymore, he falls into the crevice and dies. <laughs> After that, Leatherhead and the Leatherhead, the turtles look at the uh, man who's hunting poachers, and they all just kind of nod and go their separate ways. Uh, the turtles take Leatherhead back to the uh, old sewer lair that they used to live in before it was attacked by Mausers and Baxter Stockman and say that he can hold up there since they live with April now. And that's it. That's the end. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was, it was a fun story. Mm-hmm. That, that's what a lot of tales are. They're just fun stories that are just like a fun, quick read. Well, then. Now that we're done telling our story, let's talk about it in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So, something that I didn't know what it was, uh, they mentioned Ray Harryhausen movies in all oh, yeah. the Hollow Thieves. What they is did. that? Uh, so that was, uh, was it Clash of the Titans? Oh. Yeah, he's like the... He's a special effects artist. Yeah. yeah, Ray Harryhausen is a special effects artist who like specialized in stop motion. So if you've ever seen that like very famous clip of Clash of the Titans where uh, like the guy's fighting the skeletons, that's mm-hmm. Ray Harryhausen. And he like right. really pioneered that type of uh, special effects. Cool. I love lines like that too because it, it helps build the world of the Ninja Turtles and kind of like you get an idea of what they're into. Uh, it's just a, a quick throwaway line that really gives some depth to the character and some filling out of their universe. Yeah, like it, it's nice to know that like the Turtles are pop culture fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had no idea. I saw that and I was like, well, I'll ask them when we uh, get on the <laughs> podcast. The old, the old guys will probably yeah. know what that is. <laughs> It's you know it's one of those things that you guys get to help uh, explain to me. You know, there you go. I missed it. I missed all that stuff. I did like in. Uh, I, I thought it was. I thought it was neat that they've already also kind of. I know this is 1987. Is this issue, um, but they already started drawing like Donatello with glasses. Mm-hmm. Which I'm assuming is Donatello. I think that was their shorthand for this. This is Donatello. He's the smart one. He's got glasses on. Yeah, when they're when they're all just chilling around the apartment and they come yeah. in and they're each wearing different stuff. Yeah, like Raph has the full bandana. Mm-hmm. And Donatello's got that, and then I forget what Mikey and Leo were. Yeah, I think Mikey just might have had like nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. I See, I, I thought he was wearing three glasses. I thought he was watching like a TV special with oh. <laughs> the red and the blue 3d glasses on is what i assumed oh were you reading in black and white yeah you were reading in black and white weren't you i was yes yeah ah yeah because uh, you're reading we, it in color yeah we're reading the the reprints mm-hmm. yeah. okay. so maybe they're supposed to be 3d glasses and they just painted them as normal glasses yeah because one looks one lens looked darker than the other is what made me think that um although it could just be or shading i'm not sure i mean I it, it could it could be either or to be honest yeah so I, I also have it in color and it looks like they're blue frames with pink lenses yeah with pink lenses yeah so it's not very helpful <laughs> but could be regular glasses could be 3d i like the idea that he has regular glasses though that makes some sense mm-hmm. yeah like it's 
I mean, a lot of people nowadays don't like Donatello with glasses or goggles and stuff, but it's like, it goes all the way back to Mirage. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a recent thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand the not liking the glasses or goggles thing just because, like, there is kind of the nerd stereotype and, like, Donatello has always seemed like one of those characters that, like, breaks it just a little bit as, you know, also being a super cool martial artist. But uh, at the same time, I don't think it hurts or helps at all. Like, I mean, it kind of, I guess, helps let you know, like, this is a smart guy because the stereotype of glasses. Yeah, like, it's shorthand for smart guy. Yeah. Like like Raph usually having bandages and you know chips in his shell and stuff like that like that's shorthand for tough guy mm-hmm. you know it, yeah, it's, it's little design things like like that and it like it's like you said like it's not harmful to the character at all like mm-hmm. if anything it just enhances the personality i didn't really notice any other like callbacks to anything or anything in this issue uh, uh, not that there wasn't anything noteworthy. Well, but... in, okay. So in this issue, there was the King of Thieves chant. The first one he does, the Mecha Lecha High, Mecha Heine Heine, and then he gets cut off. Uh-huh. Uh, that is the uh, <laughs> that is the chant from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Ah. Oh. And I was going to save it for anchovies, but that's, that immediately took me out of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it took it took me a second because like I read it and I'm like, I know that, and then like went through my pop culture rolodex and I was like, that's Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And then also the idol, they're asking for two dollars. He says two dollars, two dollars. That's from mm-hmm. Better Off Dead. Uh, there's it's a ski movie. Oh, that's right. And there's like this kid who's selling newspapers and yep. the guy two dollars. Yeah, and like yep. the whole get, get up on him. Yeah. Uh, yep, I remember that now. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. See, I missed all those. Those went right over my head. Yeah. Granted, I thought the I thought the mecha lecha high thing. I thought that was pretty corny. You know, I just thought it was them just you know once again just doing that thing where it's like we don't yeah, totally like they were take just ourselves seriously here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but this this one hundred percent means they weren't taking themselves seriously because they're using mm-hmm. the chant from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing is mecha lecha high mecha heiny heiny ho. Yeah. There's so much like tongue in cheek, like stuff like that, and all these issues. Like even if they're telling like a like a very serious story, they're not afraid to be like, or I mean, not a very serious, but you know, a semi serious story. They're not afraid to, you know, give you a wink. It's like it's almost like when you're watching an MCU movie and like you know, Ant Man drops his taco or whatever. You know, like it, it's they add in the funny stuff, even though the premise of this movie is big stakes and. Well, I think I think the difference is like this is such a very specific reference, and uh-huh. it's it's lost on modern audiences because Peter's Playhouse is not a thing anymore. Yeah, so like it's very, it's humor is always the quickest thing to age, mm-hmm. you know. And this joke aged as soon as Peewee's Playhouse wasn't in the pop culture uh, state of mind anymore. Like yeah. it's Peewee's yeah. like everyone knows Peewee. But like very little people remember Pee Wee's Playhouse now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you either know it from Pee Wee's Playhouse or Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And if you haven't, uh, yep, yeah, done either one of those, it doesn't make any sense. Mecha lecha high, mecha heiny heiny ho. Oh, he says that in the song. Yeah, he does. I never yep. noticed that when listening. It's, to uh, it. I think it's after the bridge, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's like the it's very like, beginning of the song, I believe. 
Yeah. Oh, right you're right. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not after the bridge, but yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't have to go back and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> now, for my for my money, uh, this is the turtles' second Halloween with April. Uh, there's a short story called uh, "Don't Judge a Book." That was published in TMNT and Other Strangeness, that RPG book mm-hmm. that deals with the turtles getting ready for Halloween. They're they're actually making costumes. I think Leo is an old lady. Raph is a punk rocker. Mike is like a clown. And then Don is a xenomorph. Mm-hmm. And these guys break into the second time around to rob it and get stopped by the turtles. But their costumes get trashed in the process. Uh, they were getting ready for a party that April had invited them to. So instead, they just go as themselves and everyone thinks they're aliens. And then in this issue, they're like, oh, Halloween's the one time we can go out and just be turtles. It's because they did it last year, uh, showing up to that party late. So. Yeah. That issue, you can also find that old not issue, but that short story you can also find uh, as well as in the Ultimate Collection number six as well. It's also amazing, like, the second time around gets robbed every Halloween, it seems like. Or at least yeah. twice in a row, right? See, yeah, it seems like <laughs> April should really really do something about that right <laughs> invest in a security system maybe yeah mm-hmm. uh one of the other thing uh is the uh sign next to the second time around shop is dooney's yogurt bar oh really it's named after michael dooney mm-hmm. <laughs> they seem to love to put his name in these yeah i noticed it in a in the next issue too so. yeah right in in radical and complete carnage, it's Dooney Concrete Products. Yep, is the uh, the place that uh, re- Carnage brings Radical to cover her in cement, in case we're in a block of cement. <laughs> uh, it's also just cool to see like superheroes in there. It's very like Silver Agey uh, in in Radical and Complete Carnage. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Do you, do you like superheroes in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like world? I, I really like, like it. This. For me, for me, it's like a staple. Like 2003 series had the whole Justice Force. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. for me. It's a staple. See, for me, it's like the only superhero that belongs in there is the Turtle Titan. But the Turtle Titan can't be inspired by anyone <laughs> if there's not if there's no, not I, Silver I Century. It was a joke. But it, <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it always feels weird when there's like actual super powered heroes like this. See, I don't mind it. To me, it just makes their world feel like that much bigger and and greater. No, I mean you're right. Like it does. Like the turtles are such street level heroes that, like, it, like this is very much Daredevil hanging out with the Avengers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Daredevil is he's got his own set, but he's very much a street level hero. Daredevil's not going to go punch Thanos. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel Radical could go punch Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like the Justice Force works a little better because with the Turtles, because they're a little less powerful. Like, Stainless, what's his name? Stainless Steel Dave or whatever? Stainless Steel Steve. There we go, yeah. Like, his <laughs> whole power is just he's got, like, a metal plate in his head. So he's not, like, at complete carnage and Radical level of power where they're just yeah, so far that, above. So that, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's 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 a bunch of other street level heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like stainless steel. Steve, I mean, not stainless steel. Steve. We just mentioned him. Uh, there's like Zippy Lad, who you know is like Flash level, you know, fast. And there's yeah. there's a few others. 
that you know are kind of on the more powerful side i mean i guess none of them are quite as powerful as radical she right. in this story is like the superman of yeah, yeah. none of them are as radical as radical mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh another thing i noticed was the uh the frontispiece for uh complete carnage and radical is uh it's a turtle dressed like superman it's got st on it for super turtle mm-hmm. um but that is basically the turtle titan yeah the costume yeah. is very very close does he have the the weird turtle shell shield on his arm i didn't notice that uh he he doesn't on on this piece all right I mean, he later ditches it in the 2003 series and he decides it's not very functional while trying yeah. to climb his rope. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it. I mean, that's another like tongue in cheek joke. I guess that's in another story, but you know, just the whole thing of like sometimes superhero costumes are just not functional if you really yeah. look at them. Yeah. Speaking is okay. So speaking of superhero like costumes, like Radical's costume and Complete Carnage's costume are literally just underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, one hundred percent, no design went into this. Complete Carnage is like he looks like um, is a uh, random DC character, but Etrigan the Demon. Yeah, he does look more like Etrigan. He he looks exactly like Etrigan, except he's you know just wearing underwear. He doesn't have anything else, and it makes it worse in like the colored version that we read because it, it literally highlights how naked he is. <laughs> And he's still wearing a cape, which what is the cape attached to? <laughs> and then Radical just, just neck, man. I, there, yeah, but there's nothing tying it down. Yeah. And then Radical is just a white bodysuit. Yeah, and she's got like a bit of color around the sleeves. They improve it with time on on Radicals uh, later on. Yeah, because I, I was looking at her on Turtlepedia, and mm-hmm. she had like little tassels on her legs, and yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's just that's just a boring costume. It's like it doesn't like a superhero's costume should always be reflective of their power set mm-hmm. or like their name. And there's nothing radical about this costume. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. They are pretty plain, but you know, I think they're originally written to be just kind of these funny superhero parodies. Uh, you know, I like there's uh complete carnages origin story of him just being struck by lightning while holding construction equipment and now he gets power from man-made objects and can move through them it's just really funny to me fun it reminds me a lot of silver edge type stuff like dr polaris it's it's very silly yeah mm -hmm. like dr polaris who turns evil by essentially magnetizing himself and polarizing his personality (laughs) so he turns into a dr jekyll and mr hyde you know, because he sits between heavy magnets all the time. That's a Silver Age Green Lantern villain. Yeah, you're uh, right. That's that's scientifically accurate, though. Yes, so. it will definitely turn you evil. <laughs> My favorite part is when Dr. Polaris, like, looks in the mirror and he looks at his face and he's just like, oh, no, I can see in my face that I'm evil. I'm turning evil. This is terrible. I'm going to go steal something now. <laughs> it's just so, so corny and bizarre. Yeah. It's, so to me, it's fun. The origin of uh, Complete Carnage and Radical, in those RPG books, there's one called Transdimensional Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's mm-hmm. a supplement. And they actually kind of go into the history of what Complete Carnage and Radical are. Uh, their names are Max Wilsachi and Hazel McIntyre. And they're... Uh, it's... Well, oh, it yeah. might be... She, so she, there's, she has two names. Yeah. 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 So Hazel there's, McIntyre there's... and that. 
and then Raven Shadowheart. Yeah, so that that comes later in issue twenty seven. They they kind of retcon out this weird uh, origin they have in transdimensional turtles, where they're like endued with the the spirit of alien warriors from six hundred and twelve million years ago. Yeah, it's really strange. But uh, then issue twenty seven does a much better job of explaining them in not such a corny and stupid way. <laughs> yeah, I really like the cover for transdimensional turtles. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Like, that is that is that is a cover. Yeah. It it's looks like really cool. One half is a Tyrannosaurus turtles, and the other half is a giant robot, sort of shaped like a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, man, that is cool. Yeah. It is pretty darn cool. Uh another thing I noticed, another chet. Chet Manley's written yes. on the letter. Yeah, Chet Man- I thought it I thought it was funny. Out all his bits. Yeah, I I liked I, yeah, I like that. I like that chat bit. Yeah, and they're just mailing all the bits out across the United States saying it's pieces of the Big Apple. <laughs> Such right. a great solution to keep him from reforming. Mm. Also, I just like how there's like a cult that, you know, believes in like a lot of Eastern thought that is just like, oh, yeah, you're the prophet. <laughs> We're going to teach you martial uh, arts. Yeah. Man, the, <laughs> the first like nine pages of this book are all that. I'll, I'll get into that more in anchovies, but yeah, it it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty pretty wacky. I think it's fun. And also another little, I guess, fun thing is that the license plate on April's van says TMNT. I thought that I thought that was corny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's also like one of those Kevin and Peter things they did in those early issues too. So yeah. Right. This is the first issue I noticed that we have an ad. It's a full two-page spread ad for Ninja Turtles toys. Uh, they're they're starting the shelves sometime around this time so it's pretty cool it's all like black and white they're just kind of posed on the on the screen on the page but it's really oh, is it that is it that ad. old like playmates ad yeah uh, okay that's that's a cool ad i like yeah. that picture yeah and ryan brown does like an opening piece for this issue and he mentions that he's getting two sets of them one to play with and one to hold on to and sell later so i'm sure <laughs> he made a lot of money off of that because those those original toys in box are, are worth quite a bit yeah. I remember a couple months ago, I was in my comic shop, just, just talking to my friend who runs it. And a guy came in with like just tubs of like mint carded turtles figures. And he wanted to sell them to the shop and they couldn't buy them. And I wanted to buy them. But mm-hmm. and the guy didn't know the price and I know the price and I I didn't want to undercut this guy, but I also didn't want to pay what I know the price is. Right. I wanted him to have a fair deal. So I passed. And I still kind of regret that. <laughs> Man, you could have yeah. that stuff. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I have my opened original turtles still. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're great condition, but it would have been really nice to have the cards. Yeah. Yeah. The art on those is great, but I'm always I'm always torn because like I don't want a bunch of boxes of figures sitting mm-hmm. around because in my house it just looks like a like a Kmart, you know? Yeah, all of my boxes, like in our new place now, all of my boxed figures go in the garage, mm. and everything that I want on display has to be open. 
So good way of doing it. Yep. It's more economical that way. Yeah. <laughs> so how about that second time around for Leatherhead? I actually really like this issue. It was kind of it was kind of cool to see because this is the first time I've read all three of these issues. This was my first time around, really. Um, it was really nice to see how much of like the 2012 Leatherhead was here, and also the um, 2003 Leatherhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's definitely not the Raging Cajun, you know, that I grew up with. So yeah, right. No, this is his yeah. first ever appearance. So he's yeah, and they were like they were real excited for Leatherhead. Uh, the print I have, there's a whole portfolio of Leatherhead pinups in the back. Uh, there's one by Jim Lawson and Kevin Eastman, mm-hmm. one by Steve Levine and Eric Talbot, one by Kevin Eastman again, one by Peter Laird, and one by Steve Bissett. So they were like, they were all in on Leatherhead when this yeah. when this character was introduced. Yeah, Which I really guess is like weird because like he's only in like four or five issues in the entire Mirage run. I think the next time we see him is like issue 48 or something ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he shows up, he shows up once in volume four and then two issues of volume, um, of volume two of T of tales of the TMNT. Yeah. And he also shows up in volume three in a couple of issues, I think, or at least one for sure. Oh, but yeah, that's not canon. I mean, it kind of is going to be part of our canon. (laughs) Well, because the the last two issues pretty much made it so it can fit into number four. Yeah, yeah. It was originally uh, written as a as a sequel to volume two. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I died. So it kind of fits in now. We'll be covering it in that order uh, when we go through. We'll hit it because it also calls back to Leatherhead two issue forty eight or fifty eight, whichever one you said it was. Yeah. I thought it was kind of strange that within these three issues we get two different mustachioed villains with assistance not gonna lie to new york thought, they were, thought it was the same guy for a second oh really <laughs> yeah because he's even in the color in the colored classics he's got the it's the same hair like same hair color oh really yeah wow. like so i i thought it was the same guy for a moment <laughs> that would I mean, be quite the twist nothing says bad guy like a mustache Right. right. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Twi- I'm twisting it, my mustache for those of us, for those of you that can't see our Zoom call. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was kind of it was nothing says bad guy like mustachioed, right? But it was it was it was cool to see like the turtles weren't the only kind of Utrom mistakes and like them giving him the old turtle air was also really nice. Mm-hmm. It made me want to see more of Leatherhead coming in the future. Kind of like, um, what was that? The the one story we read a couple weeks ago <laughs> where it's like the, oh God, I can't remember the Ninja Clan, the one where Splinter, his grandfather goes into Splinter and it's like that story, like that setup never pays off. Yeah, oh. number nine. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the clan either. It's killing me now. Yeah, it's Hatori is the guy's name. Like, right, the so, Gasiko clan or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But but that's that's what I'm saying. Like Leatherhead at least feels like it pays off, whereas that never does. Yeah, yeah, and, and Leatherhead, yeah, he doesn't quite pay off. And well, he does a bit. Like I said, he, like we said before, he shows up again. But it seems like they probably had more plans for him in the future, 
and it just never fleshed out. And it's probably because Eastman and Laird got too busy to to work on the comic books anymore. We're you know well, getting yeah, close to like, the get when the guest era started. Yeah, and I mean, like we're you know by the time this issue came out, the cartoons already into season two. Mm-hmm. So. Like they're they're those two are pretty busy at this point running a media empire. Yeah. yeah. If anything, I think probably the movie is starting pre-production at this point. It if probably it released, has to be. Yeah. yeah if, if it released in 1990, yeah, it most likely would have been a pre-production right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they did have a lot more plans for him if they wanted to go bigger with the character and just never could. Who knows? Yeah. Kevin, sort of a- if you're listening, why don't you let us know? Yeah. yeah, we'll ask you in an interview. Did you have yeah. future plans for Leatherman? said Ninja Turtle PH. You know, because we want to test the acidity of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that got you, Keith. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Well, that was pretty good. But should we talk about what wasn't so good? <laughs> Segway. Yes, let's do it. Anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call Legend Low. So there are some panels in number three where like Haji's especially, his hands are freaking massive. Like, yeah. Especially the first page. It kind you know, of bugs I, me. <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice. But yeah, early yeah. Jim Lawson, he he has some issues with like foreshortening. Like he'll make things way too big when they're when they're close to the panel. Mm-hmm. Or way too big when they're supposed to be far back. Like he, he doesn't quite get it through those first three or four issues. He gets a lot better after that, but the first couple he's he's kind of hit or miss with. Yeah, so the, his hands are massive. That's really the only complaint I have for the story. The rest of it is like you know pretty straightforward, uh, solid story for me. But those hands were freaking massive, and they kept uh, bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> My big thing with this issue is. Uh, so the king of thieves says that the thieving god idol has to be stolen but i don't understand why he gets three other guys to steal it for him and and then kills them and then kills them why didn't he steal it or why didn't like haji steal it why why do you hire these random guys and and kill them for no reason really because he can man he's just drunk on power you know king of thieves (laughs) yeah Maybe maybe it's to show how much he was a king of thieves, or yeah, he stole their life. He's such a good thief. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect from the king of thieves? I mean, and who proclaimed him the king of thieves? That's true. I think he, I think he says he's a descendant of the king of thieves, which which means that someone else has proclaimed themselves the king of thieves, and now he's also like, taking credit. Is for he it. talking about yeah. like? Alibaba, you know, King of Thieves. I don't know, man. Like, uh, like King of Thieves is such a generic term. Like, I'm the King of Thieves. You know, right? I guess at some point, all the thieves decided he was king, or he stole that identity because you know, King of Thieves. They all voted him to be king. <laughs> Except for I don't you think know, you get to be king by voting, though. <laughs> He, he stole the know, vote, though, right? <laughs> depend, depends on the way your monarchy is set up. I mean, yeah, true, it could happen. you know, Queen Amidala in Star Wars, she was voted queen. There you go. Fair. At a very fair. young age. That was very, very poor judgment. 
But <laughs> she I guess was she a kind like she, and fair queen. She seemed like she knew what she was doing. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. She loved her people so much that she became a senator after that. Yeah, man. <laughs> you really got to love people to become a senator, right? <laughs> hey, ba- yeah, basically. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you gotta really love people if you go from ordering on what to do to listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in an idealist world, for sure. It's a step in the wrong direction politically. But... <laughs> uh, my anchovies. I don't have anything for this issue particularly. Like, I thought it was a fine issue. It was, it yeah. was a nice one-off story. Yeah. Uh, my biggest one for complete carnage and radical is I immediately forgot everything about this story as soon as i was done reading it yeah it's there's not a lot to it it it, there's nothing there's nothing that really grabbed me for the story i know there was one point in my life where i sat down and read like every story with complete carnage and radical Mm. and even when we're doing this i'm like i don't think i've ever read this story but i know i've read it (laughs) i just don't remember it at all i like yeah like by the time i was reading leatherhead I like was trying to think like what was the last issue about? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean that's it. Like it's it's ultimately it's very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much kind of like super friends hijinks almost. You know, you've got your dastardly evil villain who's just like I don't even, I'm going to case you a block like of cement to like, take your powers. Like, I don't even but, feel like it's that like, that's like, at I least like, fun. Yeah. yeah, like I that's fun. This wasn't fun. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like, eh. I thought it was fun, but I do, my complaint is he gets struck by lightning and the lightning gives him a cape after it's <laughs> done striking him, but he doesn't have a Speedo on. He's just butt naked as far as, except for the cape. Well, he doesn't get the Speedo until the monks, like, <laughs> yeah. until he lives with the monks. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I guess I should put some underwear on. Yeah. It's yeah. like the reverse then Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> um god and what is up with radicals hair like in this oh. issue yeah like, that's, that's a unique yeah. choice it's it's a very it's a very kevin eastman peter Laird design mm-hmm. um and then like looking at uh her other picture of raven Shadowheart, it's just long hair with two braids mm-hmm. and so it's like it's, it's almost like there's there was an evolution to kind of change up this design but overall it's it's like a it's like an electrified perm yeah yeah it's not it's like a perm mullet kind of thing. yeah it's, it's just it's just not a it's just like with the costume and the hair like it's just not a good design at all no yeah she definitely needed a bit of work guys radical has a sensing sense that's right, the sensing sense. That, that's I, what I mean by parody. <laughs> I read it's, that and I was like, what? Yeah. So, so in oh. that very first Radical Complete Carnage, like it's very much supposed to be a parody of superheroes. So she's flying by and she's just like, my sensing sense is tingling. You know, and it's supposed to be making fun of like the spidey sense and all of those other senses that superheroes have that is the ultimate ex machina like you know oh we need to move the plot forward so they're gonna have yeah. to send something's going on well I, I understand that but like that's one of those things that completely takes me out of it like the mecca like a high mecca honey honey ho yeah kind of yeah like it, it's just it's so bad that it just like i have to almost stop reading and be like wait what did, did it really just say sensing sense right 
<laughs> uh, this one, this one didn't take me out as much as um, Mecca Like a High. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm also. I, I mentioned this before, but like, I was on page seven, and like, we're still learning about how complete carnage mm-hmm. landed in a monastery. Like, it's not that complicated of a plot. Uh, really, that whole part didn't even really need to happen, but it just, it just took took forever, ever. Yeah. to get going yeah this is probably my least favorite of tales volume one uh there's just not a lot there for me to to find good about it yeah all right and then my only thing for leatherhead is i thought the cutting the tendon thing was weird i guess it like stopped him in the moment maybe that's what it was for it was it was so very specific yeah um, yeah and <laughs> like the knife is so small that it's, like he would have had to throw it so hard and from such a weird him, angle too from a weird like, angle from yeah. a weird because he was behind him yeah and like he was behind him and he he would have had to like the way he was aiming he would have had to like thrown it over his shoulder directly into like the fatty tissue of his hand yeah, and like I guess it's supposed to be like a poetic justice thing, but I don't know. For me, it's like ah, I don't know. Throw something and knock the gun out of his hands, you know? <laughs> like I mean, like I get it. It would have just uh-huh. been better. It would have just been better if he like got him in the forearm in like a larger part of his arm. Yeah, and, like he like reeled back and then fell over, or even just like knocked the gun out of his hands, you know? Or knock the gun out of because he yeah. fell. He didn't. He didn't fall back like upon getting hit. He, you know, that he was like, oh, you know, you're not going to cage me, type yeah. thing. You know, you're not going to trap me. And so then he takes a step back and falls off the cliff. Uh, fun fact i have stabbed myself in the hand in that roughly same spot um i was trying to open an action figure and <laughs> my box cutter went directly into that fatty area uh i can still hold a gun just fine in that arm in that hand yeah. good to know i so, mean it sounds like it's specifically supposed to be his trigger finger but like once again i feel like that's not going to stop it was like who wants to keep it was poaching. like right it was like between his 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 uh index finger and his thumb yeah it, like, it was just a really odd choice to me <laughs> yeah it was it was very specific yeah. and it's like hey, i don't know yeah i didn't like it yeah you could have they could have gotten his arm they could have just thrown something and knocked the gun out of his hands you know yeah. and, and called it good there oh yeah yeah well and like my thing with that guy is he doesn't even have a name in this issue uh, i think he did didn't uh, officer emil Oh, he does have a name. Oh, okay, I t- just totally missed it. My bad. Yeah, office. I mean, honestly, I didn't. I didn't know until I was looking it up on Turtlepedia. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Maybe he doesn't say it in the issue then. If he did, I didn't see it. All right. Don't know when they named him, but it was later, yeah. I guess. Uh, it says he returns in Marlin and Officer Emil return in T uh, Tales of the TMNT Volume Two, Number Fifty. Oh. So that okay. might have been where they did it. We'll, we'll eventually get to Tales of the TMNT 2. I yeah. think that'll be like filler comics with like whenever there's no <laughs> new IDW stuff to read. Yeah. There's there's a lot and it's all over the place. And yeah, it's not circle fun. back in four years and we'll be at that. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll yeah. get there eventually. <laughs> we'll we'll probably still eventually. be talking about 87 too. So. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some there's some cool stories in there, mm-hmm. not gonna lie. Like there there's some issues I really enjoy that I've read, but it's just a lot. <laughs> Uh, it also seems weird to me that Leatherhead says he's been working on his deep space communicator for years, but like the TCRI building would have just blown up a couple months ago, I believe. Yeah. 
I mean, so, I guess we never really know how long they really were in April's apartment. You know, it never gives us an official timeline. It's it's about but, a year. It's oh, a little really? over a year because they, oh, okay. they have their, their first Halloween there where they dress up. And they have their first Christmas there, which is the Michelangelo story. Mm-hmm. Then in the Leonardo story, that's their second Christmas. One of the turtles, I think it's Donatello mentions this is their second real Christmas. Oh, wow. And that's when they get kicked out. Well, so they're there for... Had, well, then we just had their second Halloween in... Yeah, uh, all hollows. Yeah, and all hollows. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's supposed to only be a couple of years. So I guess technically that would be years. I don't yeah, know, like but it, this is definitely something. Five years. Yeah. This is definitely something that happens when you go back and write a story that's supposed to take place back in time. True. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the the no prize is that he was working on it well before the TCRI building blew up as a side project or something. But yeah. It kind of struck me as weird as, as I was thinking about where this story was in the timeline that he'd been working on it for years. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. You're right. I, I think it's just something that got overlooked when yeah. they're just like writing stories that are supposed to take place back in time. Mm-hmm. They also, the Turtles mentions they have no contact with the Utrons, but they did vacation with them in the short story, Terror by Transmat. So there's a little nugget of wisdom for you. And it's like, why wouldn't the turtles have contact with them anymore? Like, you'd think the Utrams would have been like, hey, here's a way to call us. If you need any help. Like, because the, the Utrams <laughs> aren't bad guys. Like, no, genuinely, genuinely, uh, genuinely pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, they seem pretty nice, but they, I don't know. They don't seem like they're super invested in the turtles either. Yeah. They... Which is weird. It's like, because it's kind of like they, like, the turtles are kind of their fault. Mm-hmm. right spencer what didn't you like about this issue uh, i already mentioned it just the cutting the tendon thing oh yeah yeah and i kind of agreed with that overall this was probably my favorite of the three so i don't really have anything other than it it was like mr marlin is is silly like he immediately kills the last madagascarian blue <laughs> elephant and is immediately like i'd like to go kill something more exotic no more no more of this boring like <laughs> killing the last of an animal yeah like it's, 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 it's he's very yeah it's very uh. like highfalutin like kind of bad guy very silly bad guy like i just i wish he had done more silly things i think that would have just made him more fun that's oh my uh, god i'm looking i'm looking up at the way he looks in his next appearance and dude's a cyborg Oh sweet! What? I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna read ahead. <laughs> oh man, dude's got like a robot arm and foot. Oh man, that's that sounds great. like that sounds like something I'd love. Oh, see, yeah, like that's that's what I want to see here. And but speaking of things that we love, should we go ahead and talk about I love being a turtle? Oh, we should. I love being a turtle. So the things that I loved in this first issue like in in all these three issues honestly is like i kind of just enjoyed reading them and liked them all in general and it's kind of hard for me to find like individually what makes me like them so much uh i think what really why kind of i enjoy number three so much is because of the fun hijinks just with a unique villain you know because there's so many mutants and mutant villains not so much in the mirage comics but just in ninja turtles in general that i just love having these villains that are something that isn't a mutant and is exciting and hard for them to fight that, you know, makes their universe even bigger. 
yeah, yeah. I have a, like it, i i always enjoy when the turtles aren't fighting the foot mm-hmm. like and and are, and are doing more stuff around the city and just kind of finding other things like it, it i've kind of got foot fatigue after 35 years of them of the foot being their main bad guys mm-hmm. so it's it's nice to see that it feels like even back then they were like we need to we need to get them a bigger rogues gallery yeah i have a collection of the first four uh tales of the of the ninja turtles issues and it like every six months it finds its way onto my bedside table and <laughs> issue three is one that i often read before going to bed it's just it's fun it's light um i really love that the idol only costs two dollars and still needs to be stolen uh it's it's just a great issue i, I yeah, really it doesn't work it. if it's not stolen right <laughs> yeah so i think it's just really fun for that reason you know you got the turtles fighting well not so much fighting but you know you've got demons running around everywhere and you've got you know this giant six-armed statue uh, that they have to fight it's just a lot of cool fun ideas that you don't really see as often in in things like the 87 series you know you, you, there's so much like what you said fighting the foot that i really like it when they fight other villains yeah and like i said like i really liked leatherhead um and i want to see more of him like this made me genuinely really more interested in this kind of pacifist leatherhead mm-hmm. than I ever really have been before. Yeah, I, I really like good guy leatherhead. Uh, it just kind of, you know, vibes with me as far as my, uh, you know, my history. Once again, I grew up watching the 2003 series. So this kind of leatherhead is the one that I've always liked. That is genuinely like a good guy and is, you know, friends with the turtles. He kind of becomes a bit more unstable as time goes on with these issues. And so I don't mind what they did with him in the IDW series either, where they kind of made him like this wild card third party type character. Yeah. Hmm. I do wish he still had the the big hat and the, the leather jacket and the, the belt with the nice. crawdads on him. Yeah. I understand I can't have everything. So <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely always been more for like the armbands design. But that, you know, once again, comes from just what we grew up with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Complete Carnage and Radical. I, I didn't have a lot that I loved about it, but there is a cool part where one of the turtles blocks one of Complete Carnage's attacks and then kind of throws him to the ground while he's still a part of the wall. I just thought that was really, really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I... I already kind of mentioned what I love back in the second time around about it. I just, I like the superheroes being in, in the turtles universe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back with like silver century and all those other characters that were in the 2003 series uh, growing up. And so reading this, it's, I think silver century, I think they kind of used him to take radicals place in the 2003 series. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's just a fun silver age feel as well to the characters, like to the origin story of, of carnage where he essentially becomes evil after being struck by lightning as part of his mutation you know it's this very black and white kind of silly concept almost of evil that isn't really how you see it in the real world i guess that is very silver age comic booky 
it's not like it's not evil it's evil yeah it's yeah. evil it's, it's like sinestro <laughs> you know yeah. just declaring it's, that he's evil everyone on the planet yeah. quart is lawful evil yeah they it's, just it's the evil, evil the way that skeletor is evil yeah <laughs> i think i realized i i don't mind that there's silver age like feel mm-hmm. it's that the turtles aren't silver age with them yeah i think that's i think that's the disconnect i don't like i can see that it definitely makes sense and they they kind of lose that with time and well except for with the when we get into the justice society is that their name justice force justice Justice force Force. yeah we get into the justice Justice league and justice society are both dc yes they're both dc Justice Force. I when the second I said Justice Society, I was like, nope. <laughs> Justice Force. Yeah. You owe us a nerd. I saw card. your eyes and you were like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking down. I'm just like, what's the word? Uh Justice Force. You know, they're they're silver age, but at the same time, they're like old men. And so it it works because they're supposed to be like old retired heroes from from a bygone era. But and they definitely don't do that so much with these two. Hmm. But I enjoyed it just for that reason. Like I said, for me, superheroes belong in the Turtles universe. I'd love it if they added a few into IDW. Uh, I mean, they have like uh, Angel's nobody. And I really like really like that character. And she's kind of superhero-esque with her. Yeah, like I, suit. I like her a lot because she just kind of rolls right into like, all right, I got this suit. I'm a superhero now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And so I would, like I said, I wouldn't mind it uh, at all if they... If they decided to put one or two in, I think they're fun. Uh, but I'm kind of a, a superhero geek a bit, I guess. So I enjoy those. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's also just fun when she rips his arm off. Like that's kind of her way of uh, defeating him. You know, once again, it's that Silver Age. Like you got to find a way to beat the villain. And so her solution is ripping his arm off and bringing him somewhere where he doesn't have all the power anymore. He angrily follows her, and so she's able to defeat just him. In, they just wind up going to like Central Park, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's not like man-made stuff in that area for him to like draw power from, and she, you know, hides his arm. It's kind of funny. I did, I did like how specific they were that like they're they're sending out all of the concrete pieces as like sidewalk of New York. Yeah, <laughs> like I I thought it was funny that they were that specific about it. What, what would you do? Guys. Like, what would you do if you randomly got a piece of concrete in the mail? It said, like, this is a part of New York City. Like, I don't know what I would do with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Track down who sent it to me and send them a cease and desist or something. Yeah. <laughs> who is sending me concrete in the mail? <laughs> like, what if you don't even like New York? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who wouldn't like New York? Yeah. Just keep it. I don't know. Like, would I even keep that? I, I wouldn't even know. go right in the trash yeah. with all of the rest of my mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. Like, if I got that in the mail, that would se- that would seem like one of those like music clubhouse things that you sign up for, and it's like a scam. Yeah, the concrete of the month club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'd like take it to like some sort of doctor's office or something, and be like, "Can you test this for stuff?" <laughs> like, yeah. like, <laughs> Why I just I just need to make sure this is safe for me to have around. I just right. need to make sure this isn't a bioweapon, please. Like, can you can you do something about this? 
<laughs> oh, by the way, you should probably be, you know, have a hazmat suit on. Yeah. Don't inhale this package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good news, sir. It's not poison, uh, but the concrete is somehow alive. I can't explain yeah. that, but <laughs> yeah, sorry to bounce and then a around. giant and then a giant fist comes through your wall all punches you in the face and absorbs the concrete back. <laughs> yeah. the concrete back. Gets a little bigger. Guys, yeah. we should write comic books. Maybe at this time. We're halfway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this time it's just like an arm and a torso that just like <laughs> hobble through your doorway. Yeah. Just an arm and one peck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with like a gross cement nipple because he has oh, he's man. got those. <laughs> Tim Lawson draws the most prominent nipples oh, of anyone. Just so <laughs> prominent. But man, that bod though, that guy is, he's thick. All right, Carnage is thick. Yeah, he's as wide as he is tall. He's yeah. Enormous. Yeah. Eat your heart he's out, got, Kylo Ren. He's got, he's got a very Dorito body, like the Dorito chip. Like he's very triangular. Like he's mm-hmm. got a very thin waist. Yeah. Very stereotype, like superhero, super villain. Yeah. <laughs> Muscles. But yeah, sorry to bounce around. But the other, like, I also just like love Leatherhead just because, like, I've always liked reptiles. And so, like, I just love a, a, a mutant alligator. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I have, a, I have a snake and I've got a couple of leopard geckos. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it was a, it, it was a great story mm-hmm. for a great, like, version of the character. Yeah. Like, I know, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it feels really organic. Like, he was a, presumably a pet alligator that got flushed down the toilet it's up with this with the same oh yeah i forgot i forgot that he was i forgot that he was a pet alligator yeah yeah yeah. and i i like the idea that like he identifies as part of the family of the utrams he's trying to get back to them even though he is not himself an utram yeah like everything about leatherhead in the mirage universe is just awesome and i really wish we would have gotten more of it I just like to believe that there's one guy just flushing everything down the toilet. You know, nunchucks down the toilet, bed yeah. alligator down the toilet. You know, the cops were coming and he had to go. Right. <laughs> he was not legally allowed to own an alligator. And so yeah. he's just like, in the toilet it goes. There you go. <laughs> I also right like my nunchucks. I am always down for a cheesy big game hunter. Like, it always works. It works with Craven yeah. the Hunter and Spider-Man. It works with marlin here in this story i love it yeah they're just great bad guys you know who likes poachers no one right except for people that like buying illegal crap no one likes poachers right (laughs) and even they probably don't like the guy who got it like the three things that are always evil poachers robots and nazis you know you can punch them all day punch them all all right well if we're done talking about what we love should we hurry and get our news done yeah let's jump on in there this is april o'neill of channel six first for starters i'm going to issue a correction from last week a redaction i mean not a redaction just a correction of the fact that i should have mentioned that one issue 114 was coming out last week and i didn't of the normal teenage Mutant turtles i believe we did chastise you after the show yeah totally definitely (laughs) you guys uh, ripped into me it was a virtual stoning. I remember that well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's like a stone emoji. You can just type in the chat on Zoom. <laughs> it was just that for like a half hour. They were just sending me stone emojis. It was, it was rough. Are you guys keeping up with the story or are you just getting trades? 
I have been just reading the hardcovers. Okay. Because, uh, you know. So I am still purchasing them monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am only reading the trades because I just, I find that like sitting down and reading the trades is just much easier for me. Fair, fair. Um, so, but I, but I buy both because one, like it's a Ninja Turtles comic that's coming out while like I have money to go to a store and buy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, supporting it monthly is also as valid as supporting it as a trade. Like it, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, I, cause I even go to like, cause I go to the grocery store, not a grocery store, but like I go, I go to Target and, you know, Walmart, there's no Ninja Turtles in the toy aisle anymore. And like to me, that's pretty like it's kind of depressing. Like, yeah, like there's there's the NECA stuff over in the collectible section if you have a store that's lucky enough to be stocked. But like even then, it's like it's it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have the same like turtles thing. And so like this is the one consistent turtles thing that I can support with my money. Yeah. For I I mean if I could, you know. If I could justify double dipping, I would do it. But I personally oh, it's not justified. My wife hates that I do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so don't get me wrong there. And I actually promised her I would stop. So um, I'm just trying to find like a good cutoff, like where I'm gonna officially like cut off buying the monthly issues. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. But I've I've definitely been buying those hardcovers and reading, so I'm like way behind. The current issue I'm at leads right up to right before City at War begins. Okay. Uh, that's when the most recent one ends, and I'm I'm in the middle of reading it right now. So everything that everyone's all caught up that they read like a year ago, year and a yeah. half ago, right now I'm like reveling in it, being like, oh yeah, this is great. I love. But this. then also, also speaking of comics that we got to keep reading coming out uh, tomorrow after this episode comes out yeah last ronin number two. Oh, i'm so excited finally so oh. our long long wait is over all the delays as of now as of recording this on uh february 12th the issue is slated to come out a week from or on wednesday yeah well and um, it's practically guaranteed now it's practically yeah i mean i'm, I'm, I, I'm just wood. yeah I'm, you know could be my my shop doesn't have it in stock yet it, unless it's on the shelf it's not guaranteed Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but back in January, they said they would send it out to the printers. Yeah. Uh, it should be there. So, it should. We'll see. I mean, who knows? I guess we'll leave it up in the yeah. air so I don't jinx it. But so we, uh, po- we posted a, a sneak peek that uh, IDW put out yesterday on our uh, Facebook page and Twitter. And I'm pretty excited. It seems like we're going to, we're going to find out why redacted is the last ronin <laughs> yes and so we also uh will be definitely covering the last ronin number two in our next episode and it's going to be yeah. loaded with spoilers heads up we're gonna, yeah we're gonna we're gonna take a break from our normal mirage in 87 to jump back into the last ronin because why not mm-hmm. i am very excited for it uh, the other news I've seen is Kevin Eastman has teased that there's going to be some vintage art turtle shirts on his website. He's going to be having them up. They're not up yet that, that I've seen, 
but uh, as of now, but he's planning on putting them up on his website to get, it's like old classic Mirage style looking turtles. He's also got a last Ronin shirt. He's got a couple last Ronin shirts. One of them is like the original art for the last Ronin. And uh, the other one is just one that says the last Ronin on it. So he's going to have some cool t-shirts there with like old Mirage looking turtles and shredder. Definitely worth looking at. I know I will be. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick up that original last Ronin look shirt just because it's pretty kooky looking. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. He's got big shoulder and forearm pads and like a, like a a trash can. Yeah. 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 Wild. It's it's just funny because like that look would never work in this story now. Mm -mm. Right. It was very much for the time it was made that they were planning on making it in originally. And so there's something kind of novel and fun about it as well because of that. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. On the toy front, nothing new. Uh, NECA kind of came out and said we should be expecting some new uh, packs in the the coming months. Uh, Randy... Uh, the director over at NECA has finally come back to Twitter and just kind of went on a storm of answering everybody's questions. So he kind of dropped hints that in the next coming months, we'll start seeing more. There's a lot more planned for the movie line. There's a lot more planned for the uh, tune line at target. Uh, So a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Nothing confirmed coming out soon just yet though, but hopefully soon turtle Tuesday is next week. So. So that's our show then. Thank you so much for listening. We already mentioned that we're going to be covering the last Ronin 2 in our next episode. And warn you again, spoilers will be there. So if you haven't read it before you listen to the episode, you might get it ruined for you. (laughs) You have been warned. Please like and follow us and and do all those social media things. Uh, Ready to give us a review on iTunes or wherever you find the podcast, subscribe to it. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Ninja Turtle PH, or if you search Ninja Turtle Power Hour, you should find us. And you, you guys want to get... tell us what you think of Last Ronin number two, definitely do that. And we'll talk about it on the show. We'll give you a little shout out. And if you like the episode a lot, share it with your friends. Show them, man. It's what, what we're all about. So... Having said all that, once again, thank you for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Mecca lecca high, mecca hiney hiney ho. <laughs>